You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. We are here. Uh, let us thank God for being here on this morning. Let us get us uh, let us get let us get ready to read our confession. This is God's word for my life. I read it, receive it, understand it, and love it. I'm so glad I have what I need to grow. At this time, um, giving honor to God who is ahead of my life. I want to thank Pastor Mario for this opportunity as to share the word of God with each of you on this morning. So before we get to the word of God, let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for everything that you have done and what our eyes have seen and what our ears have heard. God, we thank you for just being head of our life and Lord over our soul. God, we thank you because there is none like you. So God, as we get ready to break this word, let it not fall on fallow ground, but let it fall on good soil, that it will take root to uplift your people and give them the word that they need so that they can be able to sustain the wiles of the enemy during this week. Uh, every day of their life and beyond. God, we thank you, we bless you, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, back in the 80s, I'm not going to give you the title of the message yet, but I want to just go ahead and give you a little bit of back in the 80s and the 90s, choirs were a really big thing. They were just huge. Now, I do love praise and worship. I love how it gives us an intimate setting, and we have incorporated it into our services. But I really just admit that I am a choir head. Choirs are where it is for me. I mean, that's just, that's all I can say is I love choirs. I grew up in the age of choirs. I love to see the director in front of them, leading them. Um, I love how they had the robes and how everybody was in sync. Um, not too long ago, they had a choir competition called How Sweet the Sound, and it was based in Atlanta. And we would always go to How Sweet the Sound. And back in the day, we all knew that every choir could sing. It didn't matter what New Jerusalem Church of, God, Church of God in Christ did. It did not matter what Shiloh Holiness did. It did not matter what Galilee Apostolic did. Every choir could sing, and the thing that we looked at were the robes. It didn't matter how, how bad you could run because everybody could sing. We were worried about the robes because the robes made a statement when the choirs came into the scene. So back in the 90s, as I said, uh, specifically December 18th, 1991 to be exact, there was a choir that hailed out of Detroit, Michigan, named the Michael Fletcher Chorale. And it was about a 30-member choir or so, and they recorded a song entitled Look and Live. It was produced by the one and the only minister, Thomas Whitfield. The recording had Reverend James Moore on it back in the day, and every choir concert you could possibly go to, they sang this song. I don't care if they marched up and sang it. I don't care if they sang it from their seats. They sang this song called Look and Live. It was an uplifting song, and if you really listen to the words, it was a song of command, if you will, because the lyrics went something like this. 
I've got a message from the Lord. Hallelujah. A message, oh my friend, for you. It's recorded in his word. Hallelujah. Jesus said it and I know it's true. And then it went into look and live. My brother live. Look to Jesus now and live. And then it said it's recorded in his word. Hallelujah. It's in his word. And it's only that you look and live. The reason I said the song was a song of command because it told us to do something. There was action. It told us to look and live. But what I found out is that this song was uh, only introduced to us in the 90s, but it originally uh, was penned in 1887 by an, uh, a man of the name of William A. Ogden, William Augustine Ogden. He authored this song approximately 136 years ago. And then William Ogden was, he was an American composer, especially of church music and hymns. And he was also a choir conductor as well as an educator. He served in the 30th Indiana Volunteer Infantry during, America, during the American Civil War and organized a male voice choir. After I read Mr. Augustine's uh, bio, I understood better of why this particular song had a distinct sound and the words just made sense, if you will. When you are on the battlefield, let alone in a war, you cannot sing songs of defeat. You cannot sing songs of discouragement. So you have to sing a song that gives life, a song that gives hope, have meaning, and you have to believe in the promise that was given to you in the words and what was told to you by your commander. No commander goes out and says, we're going to lose. We're not going to win this war. We're not going to win this battle. But that's why William Ogden said to the lyrics look and live remember all you have to do is look and live I'm going to pin that right there and we'll come back to that our scripture for our message today comes from Genesis the ninth chapter and the 16th verse but for us to get a really good understanding of the scripture we need to go back to understand its context so we will start at chapter 9 verse 8 and I'm reading from the new uh, King James Version. It says, then God spoke to Noah and his sons with him saying, and as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living, every living creature that is with you the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations i set my rainbow in the cloud and sh and shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth verse 14 it shall be when i bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud 
and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all earth, all flesh, excuse me. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it to remember the everlasting creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. In the text specifically, chapter 9, we see where man's original dominion over the earth was reaffirmed. We know that when we had Adam and Eve, man fell, and so God has now given us an opportunity, and he has restored us, and he has reaffirmed us back to the earth. God names all that man is given, and he says, it is in your hand. Not only did God give us something, but he thought enough of us just to make us a little lower than the angels. And that comes from Psalms, uh, the eighth chapter, the fifth verse. See, angels are heavenly creatures. They're heavenly, but man was created out of all that was created. God makes man's life so precious and sacred that he calls for retribution when a man's life has been violated. In other words, just like God gave his life for us, somebody has to give a life for a life, and that is in the word. But not only does he reaffirm what's in man's hand, but then he makes a covenant with man. What is a covenant that you may ask? Let me tell you. Many of us grew up in the Baptist church and we said this thing every first Sunday and we had it memorized and we knew what it was. And I'm just going to go back to my beginning roots of my Baptist roots and I'm going to say this. Having been led as we believe by the spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our savior and on the profession of our faith having been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, we do now in the presence of God, angels, and this assembly most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as the body in Christ. This covenant is no more than a promise. But what is in this promise? There are a few things that we need to understand about a covenant. Uh, many of us forget some things as it relates to a covenant, but let me just give you a gentle reminder. It presupposes two or more parties who come together to make a contract, agreeing on promises, stipulations, privileges, and responsibilities. So many times we like to say, you promised me this and you promised me that, but according to the biblical definition, we seem to leave out stipulations, privileges, and responsibilities as a binding agreement. In the Old Testament, there were several covenants made, and the word itself appears in the Old Testament approximately 280 times. But the covenant that is in the center of this particular message, this particular point, is the one between God and Noah. God promised Noah and all of his descendants that he would never again destroy the earth, not by a flood. If we look at the scripture beginning in verse 9, then we go to 11, 12, 13, 
15, 16, and 17, God mentions in each one of those scriptures that he will never forget the covenant that he has made. We are often taught in school and as I teach my students that sometimes when you hear a word or a phrase repeated over and over and over again, it is significant. That means that it's going to come back up later. That means that you need to understand the meaning, the definition, the purpose of it, and you need to understand what it means, not just in uh, definition terms, but in context, in your life. When something keeps coming up over and over and over again, you need to learn the lesson that is trying to be made to you, that, that God is trying to show you something, that God is trying to put something in your spirit. So each time we see this in these verses, we need to understand that it has significance. But in each of the above mentioned verses, God frames his covenant differently. In verse 9, he says, establish my covenant. He set it up on a permanent basis. In verse 11, he says it again, establish my covenant. He speaks of the beginning of a secure place. In verse 12, sign of the covenant, viewable, never going back on his word. In verse 13, sign of the covenant, a still again, viewable. You can see it and it has been placed in position. Verse 15, remember my covenant. God will bring it to his own mind and he will never forget verse 16 the everlasting covenant eternity over and over and over again lasting forever verse 17 sign of the covenant events whose presence or occurrence indicates the probable presence but in this case it was not probable it was definitive so as we look at our key verse verse 16 the word says that a rainbow shall be in the cloud and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Now it is interesting because this part of the verse that we really need to grab a hold of is God told Noah that when he himself looked on it he would remember. This is the first time that a rainbow has been established in the word of God. It's a new phenomenon of nature and as we can see God has not just only created everything else but he was still creating and he still was in the business of creation he was still creating new signs he was still creating new wonders that did not benefit him but it benefited all of us years later over 2,000 years ago he gave us a sign and now it's still benefiting us in 2023 a rainbow is an arc of colors formed in the sky in certain circumstances. Now, what are those certain circumstances, you may ask? I'm glad you did. The first is that there has to be rain. There has to be rain. Rain is no more than water. Water, if you will. Water that was present during the flood. Now, rainbows are an optical, optical phenomenon, something you can see. You can look at it. Not only does rain have to be present, but there's also sunlight. 
Sun has to be present. Under these specific weather conditions, rainbows are caused by sunlight always appear in the section of the sky directly opposite of the sun. We have to have the flood in order to have the promise. What I also need you to understand is that it tells us in these specific weather conditions that the sun is on one side and the promise is on the other. If you look at your own life, you can see where God has been on one side of a situation and the promise was already on the other side of a situation. That is a good place to know that no matter whatever comes in our way, no matter what flood, no matter what rain, no matter what bad news situation we have in our life, we need to know that the sun is directly across from the promise. So as I deciphered the text just a little bit further, the Lord revealed to me that there are three stages when you look upon something. You have preparation, you have anticipation, and you have appreciation. Let me explain them to you. Preparation is when actual steps and measures are taken to make something ready. Like when you're getting ready to bake a cake, you go to the grocery store, you walk down the aisles, you get the eggs, you get the butter, you get the vanilla, you get the flour, whatever it is that you need. Then you take it all home. The eggs have to sit out to be room temperature. The butter has to sit out to become soft. You actually are preparing to make an actual cake. You're preparing to do something to have an outcome. Well, God himself prepared a sign for us. He placed it in the clouds and then we have preparation then we have anticipation so let me tell you about anticipation it is the expectancy of a thing waiting on the arrival of something God did that as well once he prepared the promise he then knew that every time Noah looked God anticipated that Noah would remember every time God said I'm going I want you to look at the rainbow he said you will see my promise he expected Noah to remember the conversation that they had and then we have appreciation would begin to actually talk about the creator himself for giving us such a promise we have to learn how to appreciate what God has given us appreciation from Noah and us that there would never be another great flood that would take place on earth we've seen waters come we've seen waters go they've been over America we've seen them come he even here in Kentucky but it has not been the great flood so God still even today has honored us with that promise but our problem saints is that we forget what God has done but we remember what man did we always forget what God has done but we remember what man did it should be reversed forget what man did and let us remember what God has done is doing and will do when you look upon the rainbow there is a sense of excitement that comes over you every time we stop the car, we look at it, we pull over, we take out our phones, we take pictures of it we say oh now we see a double rainbow, we see this, we see that, we actually take time to look at the rainbow because it gives us a sense of encouragement we know that there was some rain that came but we stop to take time to look at the rainbow, so let me go back, God gave us a command to look and the unspeaking command is 
to live. When we look at the rainbow, the promise, the covenant that God's made with all flesh, we are taking our focus away from the rain and looking towards the promise. The hymn says it like this, standing on the promises of God my king through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. When we look at the promise and live out the promise, God finds delight in us doing so. As Pastor Mario says, I've got word for it. Isaiah 45 and 22 says, look to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth for I am God and there is no other. Need more proof? I've got it. Luke uh, chapter 10 verse 23 through 24 says blessed are the eyes which see the things you see for I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it even though Jesus was talking to the disciples and explaining to them about the privileged position that they had that even former kings did not have God too granted us this same promise and he granted it to Noah and then he told all of descendants that means you and me he told us to look and live so I go back to where I started. I've got a message from the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a message, oh my friend, for you. It's recorded in his word. Hallelujah. Jesus said it and I know it's true. Look and live. My brother live. Look to Jesus now and live. It's recorded in his word. Hallelujah. And it's only, let's take a that, let's take a look at that word only. Only means solely, and it's only, exclusively, and it's only, nothing more besides. It is only that you shall look and that you shall live. Saints, we have to learn how to be active participants in our deliverance. We have to learn how to be active participants in our well-being. We have to learn to be active participants in what it is God is showing us, what God is saying to us, and what God is doing to us in and out of our lives. It's not that you just stand there and that you're complacent with this and with that, but just like the, the song says, you have to look to the promise and then you have to live. You have to look to the promise and then you have to live. We have got to learn how to get in agreement with the word of God. The word of God is true. It does not lie. It has stand true for all these years. And just like the word says, look and live, just like it was pinned for an army, just like it was pinned for battlefield, every day we go through battle. Every day there's some war going on in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls. But it's only when you lurk and live, when you look and live, you have to start singing the words that were commanded to us look and live we have to start putting action to what the scripture says and it's only that you look and live may God bless you may God keep you may God ever smile upon you it is only that you look and live let us look to the promise let us look to the hills we have to learn how to look up to what God has given us. We have to learn how to look up. He gave us a promise. 
He gave us a gift. He gave us something that he that he created just for us. A rainbow never existed until God made a covenant with Noah. And when he made it with Noah, he made it with all the descendants. That means you and me. And we have to learn to look up to the promise. Thank, Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.